monster, a creature with such horrific features, a lady, a bride, and scary movie fan, some nerds and their website present this woman and her man. Hello there. How are you today? It's so nice to see you out here for the new show. The Bride of the Creature. I'm making this voice up on the spot. What do you think? Do what do you think of it so far? You know what I think of oh, it. Oh, that's a real shame that you don't like. I don't even know what this voice is yet. Sometimes that's what you do, Nicole. You start a voice and you see where it takes you and you build something out of it. What have so, you? What have it, you accomplished? What have you built right now? Well, right now it kind of sounds like this weird, like Irish native hybrid. I don't know. Oh, wonderful! It's like a more subdued Seamus O'Irish. Would you like to have him back? No. Oh, hello and welcome to the Bride of the Creature podcast <laughs> with me, Seamus O'Irish. <laughs> and across the table from me is the cutest podcaster in town. There, it's the Bride, Nicole. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are you, me love? Oh, oh that's, that's thundering fantastic, I tell you. I, I can't believe I'm fantastic. married you. Oh, well, you kiss me, Blarney Stone, and other Irish cliches. It's wonderful to be here for another episode of the podcast. I should have done the Swedish accent, because the director was Swedish. You Hello, idiot. and welcome to the Swedish podcast <laughs> for the bride of the creature. You're just doing the, the chef from... Well, the chef from the Muppet Show didn't talk, Nicole, so... Anyway. Fine, I'll do my regular voice. Would you prefer that? Much. Well, that's too bad, Lassie, because he's gone. Today, we're going to talk about... I'm not talking about this with you. Not Seamus? No. Or about the Chicago guy I did a couple times there in a few episodes past. Can we get on with this, please? I'm going to go to bed. Oh my goodness, it's only 7.30. Well, this week we're taking a look at the 1922 silent horror documentary film uh, by Swedish director Benjamin Christensen. uh, Haksan, a.k.a. Witchcraft Through the Ages. And uh, I don't think there's really a trailer for us to listen to. No. It's a silent movie, so we're going to just maybe skip right into it. And... um, Talk a bit about the movie. Nicole, would you like me to uh, describe for the folks at home yes. what the film is like? I would love that. Well, Haksan, uh, well, like I said, was a 1922 Swedish-Danish silent horror film slash documentary that was largely based on the director, Benjamin... Oh, excuse me, I just had an ice cream float and it just, it's, all, it's all right here. Oh, excuse me. Based partly on director Benjamin Christensen's research of what was called the Malleus Malifericum. Which was a 15th century guide for the German guide for the Inquisitors from the Inquisition. Oh my God! You know what the Inquisition was? You're boring me. You're just the worst. Why are you being like this? Anyway, the film is largely a study of how superstition uh, and the misunderstanding of diseases and mental illnesses uh, led to the hysteria of witch hunts throughout the Middle Ages. So it's made as a documentary, but contains long drama- dramatized sequence. Sequences that are uh, some of the earliest examples of horror films that we have. Isn't that interesting? So interesting. So the film is basically broken down into four parts. There's actually seven chapters, but uh, 
three of the chapters really are all part of, or four of the chapters really are all kind of part of the same thing. Yeah. So uh, just to quickly go through it, part one is sort of just like a, um, a lecture, if you will, like a, as Wikipedia puts it, a scholarly dissertation on the appearances of demons and witches in primitive and medieval culture. It's basically a PowerPoint presentation. With a little pencil. Yeah, the best is he has, they're really neat pictures, and they're, they're images that are from the Middle Ages, so these pictures from yes. art from that era. But, and so then the, the title card will, shot, will pop up. With the description of what it is they're talking about, and then it'll cut back to the image, and this little <laughs> pencil slowly moves into shot and points to the thing he's talking about. It is adorable. Yeah, I like when you said it was the earliest thing of PowerPoint, because yeah, it really PowerPoint. was like pointing to every little detail. Yeah, so like in 2007, <laughs> whenever, whenever when Al Gore made his Inconvenient Truth movie, it's just like, yeah, you're an original fucker. You just rip it off Benjamin Christensen. Yeah. And his movie was way more interesting than yours. Uh, yeah, and so it, and he talks about a lot of things like the medieval c- concepts of the solar system and and the demons and things from hell and all that kind of cool stuff. So there's a bunch of really neat art. Would you agree? Yeah. What do you think of part one? We'll break it down. Part one. I like the images and the description, but the little it's PowerPoint. Dry, right? Yeah, it's a little dry and the PowerPoint's a bit goofy. Yeah. I suppose, yeah. I mean, I think we have to... Like, it kind of hits you over the head, like, yes, I can see. Yeah, you, you kind of have to try and put yourself a little bit into the mind of 1922 and you probably hadn't seen something like this before. But yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. It's not the best start. It's interesting enough, but it's luckily it's short. It felt like, like even though it was so old, it felt like a school, something yeah. I'd watch in school. Like, it's an, it's an important... It's important background and context that we need to understand the rest of the film, but it is very dry and dull. But luckily it's not very long. And then we move on to part number two, which is a series of vignettes uh, which are theatrically staged, so these are like... With actors. Yeah, with actors and whatnot, uh, demonstrating superstition and beliefs concerning witchcraft and, and Satan, and a bunch of vignettes featuring Satan, played by director Benjamin Christensen himself. So it shows scenarios that yeah. they believed may have happened. And... Yeah, so tempting women away from their husband's bed, terrorizing a bunch of monks, uh, the love potion stuff, a woman purchasing love potions... Which is one of my favorite sequences just because of this hag old woman trying to seduce this fat old monk. It's like the yeah, best thing in the world. I didn't get why she would want to seduce someone who looks like that. She got a she got a buyer down below. Yeah. She needs some red hot Catholic. He love. looked like like um from Kyle Gass from Tenacious D. No. He did. He also looked like like Fire Tuck? No, what's the thing I'm thinking with Wednesday? The Adam's Adam's family. Oh, Uncle Fester? Yes, thank Uncle you. Uncle Fester doesn't have any hair. This guy barely had any. He had the little side wings. He looks okay, more like Martin. Uncle Fester. He looks like Uncle Fester. He looks like... Picture a fat, bald guy. He looked like that. But fatter than what you're picturing. <laughs> it was because he had big robes. It's like when you say when I wear a big baggy t-shirt, I look even bigger. No, like his face. Like It was like he had a big Jabba. It wasn't like Jabba. <laughs> She's doing a fat face right now. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, anyway, and also we got to see some cool special effects like um, witches flying through the air and attending, witcher, attending witches' gatherings and things. And another special effect that I was impressed with with was the coins um, getting sucked up from the table, which is obviously yeah, just cool. backwards. But, but you're yeah. jumping ahead because that's in part three. The coins don't <laughs> give anything away. No, they don't. I know. But yeah, I thought that was really cool. I mean, it's pretty obvious how they did it, but it was still really looked really neat. Like, I'm impressed that they did that in the 1920s. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought it was really neat. They just played the, they clearly played the film in reverse, but it looks awesome. Yeah. 
and instead, so the, all they did was they film did, it, um, and then reverse it. Unlike yeah. today, when they'd spend you know three million dollars animating that, and then they like did stop motion and stuff like that. Yeah, too. some of the demons and like the creatures yeah, I was impressed that they would do that great. in the nineteen twenties. I didn't know that. Yeah, I actually think the, the creature effects in this film and the costuming and makeup effects were better in this movie than they are in a lot of modern horror films. They did look pretty creepy. Yeah, I think Mom, I think Mama looked not as good as. That's Benjamin true. I, I agree <laughs> with that. But like that same image of the devils, yeah, something we see still see, and we still use the mm-hmm. same imagery for for that. Yeah, going all the way back to the Middle Ages. So yeah, pretty interesting. So then, part three is sort of the bulk of the movie. It's this long narrative broken up into several parts. Uh, the, pretty much chapters like two through six of the movie are this part, or three through six of the movie is this long story in the Middle Ages about an old woman being accused of witchcraft by this guy's family who's dying, and uh, it basically just shows the treatment of this woman by the religious authorities. She gets tortured. She's forced to admit to being involved in witchcraft, even though she clearly isn't. But she started. She just starts to tell them what they want to hear. So we get descriptions of things like the witch's Sabbath, and and then she. And then the best part of that sequence I thought was when she totally like throws the other bitchy women under the bus and says, "Yeah, they're witches too, those fucks." Yeah, and they got it. They get they taken. Get, yeah, they get beaten. Yeah, I thought that was great. And she's just like, you know what? Fuck these guys. They're witches too. Uh, and so eventually they all get arrested and. Uh, bewitched and beaten and you know fucked around with, but it's it's the bulk of the movie. Isn't I it? was surprised because um, when you first told me that we were going to watch this movie, and you think of an old movie from the nineteen twenties, I thought it was going to be black and white, but it was in red and blue. Yeah, so it's still it's all monotone shot, but they put like a filter over it to, for different moods. That's one of the things like I've only recently in the last few months started like watching a lot of silent films. Yeah, and. Uh, it's like, in a weird way, it's like the purest version of cinema there is. Because it's completely visual. In modern films, we can have there's lots of dialogue and lots of things like music and whatnot, but this is pure cinema. This is everything no, it, you want to put out there has to, be, has to be translated in the visuals. Yeah, but they also do a lot of talking and explaining and music. But the music was never guaranteed to be the same anywhere. The music is whatever it is. There's like there's like 15 different soundtracks for this movie. Yeah, I thought the one that we watched was a bit silly. The music. I don't agree, but I can see why you thought that. The music was so up and positive and upbeat. It didn't match the gruesomeness of a lot of a lot was going on. I didn't find it upbeat, but I think that yeah, the music in certain places wasn't there to add tension or mood to the scene. You no, know, like it's just, like it was a piece just there. Accompanying it. Uh, yeah, so Which they weren't, was weird. Well, it's weird when we're looking at it from the perspective of now where you think of music being carefully placed in a scene to achieve a purpose, you know? Whereas when these were screened, there would be, it would be different every single time. Like you might have a person playing an organ, you might have an orchestra, you might have nothing. It's dependent, so... I think that would be cool to go see something like that with a live orchestra, but to it watch it cool. on TV... I would want it to be more deliberate. It, it, again, than what it depends we saw. on the film and on, on who did the scoring, yeah. But the one that we, I, I agree, the music was not the high point of this. Because I think for me, music does, whether it's wanting to or not, evokes emotion and moods. Mm-hmm. And in me, like a lot of it was gruesome to watch, but it just all seemed a little bit silly. And we laughed yeah. a lot watching but I also it. Think but one of the reasons for that, Nicole, is if you look at the, the uh, motivation behind those scenes, he's not trying to scare you. It's not really a horror movie. He's, he's trying to do, like, a documentary. And this is, like, towards the beginning of documentaries existing, you know, like the beginning mm-hmm. of that art form. 
So he's not trying to evoke fear. He's not trying to scare you at all. He's literally trying to show you a documentary about the Middle Ages and, and superstition. But to me, it just looked funny. No, I understand that, yeah. And parts of it do look funny, but what I mean by, like, silent cinema and having it to be completely visual is, like, there's no dialogue to fall back on. There's intertitles, but they cut away from the action. There's, there's no subtitles over the people. They cut to a black screen with words on it. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's more of them in this than a lot of silent films that I've seen because it's a documentary and there's more exposition. But a lot of it you have to just watch the, especially and like it's all big facial reactions, like big pantomime yeah. theatrical stuff. You know, yeah, it's not really it's not like great. modern day acting at all where no, it's supposed no, to be believable. Not. Yeah, they're not going for real. This is not you know French realist like the neo realism films. This is not cinema verite. This is like very theatrical. Which I think is extremely charming in this particular movie. But. Uh, and then finally, part four is the um, the last little chunk of the film. It tr- seeks to demonstrate how the, uh, the superstitions from then can be applied into modern day times. And uh, with modern, then modern, explanations of those same things. So basically just suggesting that the superstitions of yesterday are explained by the science of today and, and onward. Especially now, we're looking at this film... You know, close to a hundred years later, ninety-one years later, when all the things that they explain, I'm like, well, that's all bullshit too. Yeah. Women <laughs> with hysteria, I mean, hysteria. I mean, they got other shit, bro. They got, I mean, it's not hysteria. They don't need a vibrator. They need pills. They didn't. There was nothing about vibrators in I this know movie. There wasn't, but that's how they used to treat hysteria. God. But anyway, and frankly. Even though it kind of ties the whole movie together, that was the part of the film that worked the least for me. It was the last segment. I liked it because it's how we try to rationalize things today, too. Yeah, it did. That's true. And I, I and I liked how to, to see what they thought things were and what their science was back then. I yeah, thought no, that, I thought that was the most interesting part of the movie. I was a lot more interested in, in the, the, the way that things played out in the Middle Ages, and I was a lot more like... Outraged by the things people were doing in the middle, in the Middle Ages, maybe because at least in the modern day stuff, even though they were still wrong, they were looking at it at least from what they thought was a more rational point of view, trying to explain it with science instead of the devil or it was the magic. Magic has fucked our day up. And I'm just like you idiots. There is no magic. You're beating up the old woman for nothing. Poor old lady. I was bummed out when she was eating without a, when she was eating her soup without a spoon. I was laughing. You she, were laughing. I was like in tears. She looked so, looked so sad. She looked so funny. It wasn't funny. It was heartbreaking. You're just a cold, heartless <laughs> witch. <gasps> Maybe you have hysteria. I'll go get a vibrator. Oh, Joey, no, no. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> anyway, at least they don't um, burn people anymore. Yes. That's good. I, I think I accused you several times during the film last night of being a witch. <laughs> you made it funny. You were doing Mystery Science Theater a little bit over because it. Because there were moments where if I didn't do that, I was going to cry because it was really like getting to me. I know oh, you think I'm a loser because... No, it's... Like, this is just it's just... No! This is just old. Why is it so old? That's not what I was like at all. Why wasn't Brad Pitt in it? Oh, shut up. He could have played the devil. It's just weird to me. I would have sex with the Don't devil. talk over top of me. <laughs> now I don't know it's what weird. I was saying. It's just weird because it's old. It's just no, weird. No, that you would get more sentimental than me. Well, because I, I have like 
blood pumping through my veins instead of cold icy water like you have Jesse! from your cold black heart no stone okay if anyone out there who knows us would know that i'm the more sentimental person you of the two the of us is, though if people who actually do know us know that deep down i'm kind of a big softy and deep down you're kind of a mean lady i am not a mean lady you a little bit of whiskey and you're just like fuck these clowns and fuck you too and I'm just like, I just love everyone. I don't drink whiskey anymore. Because you're pregnant. Yeah, but before I was pregnant, when was the last time I drank whiskey? I don't know. You probably blacked out and killed a hobo. <gasps> I would never kill a hobo. You would, but, but somebody else would kill a hobo and you'd laugh. <laughs> See, and I'd be like, oh my god, this poor man, he has a family. And you'd just be like, ha ha, he has a <laughs> hole in his hat. <laughs> He has a tin can for gloves. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> right? Yes. That's you, see? And I'm just like, oh, the, the humanity. <laughs> well, overall, did you like this movie? Yes. Yeah? Did you like it a lot or a little? A little. I like I'll that. I like that you made me watch something so old. That's probably the oldest thing I've ever watched. I think it probably is. And. It was interesting. It was a little long for me to watch something so old and boring, but... What are you going to do when we're old? Like, you're not going to talk to me because I'm old and boring? Well, we'll just walk off a cliff when we're old. It's no big deal. Wait, what? Yeah, it's a plan I have. Don't worry about it. See what I mean? <laughs> so, it was, it was interesting. I've never seen a silent film before either, and it was, it was really cool to see one of the earliest... Incar- I don't know what, what incarnations I incarnations of a documentary and and horror imagery yeah, feature length one anyway it was very cool I like I, the ending was what I especially liked the weird. part where I was talking about the science that was the part I liked the least weird um I'll tell you one thing that you might be more interested in not that I can I reckon I'll be able to get you to watch this again but in 1968 there was an abbreviated version of the film that's only 77 minutes instead of 104 like the one we watched. Which was released, uh, which has like an eclectic jazz score, played by some really cool jazz guys, including Jean-Luc Ponty, but with actual narration by William S. Burroughs. So that's kind of cool. I don't like jazz. I know, but you were complaining that the music didn't fit very well, and this was like... Do you think jazz would fit? I'm saying that this one might... You haven't fucking heard it yet. Like, it was scored specifically for it. You are just... I I I think jazz might make me laugh even more. Did you like the movie? I liked it a lot, yeah. What was your favorite part? Uh, my favorite part was all like the, the short little vignettes of the devils and demons. Like, because some of them look so fucking metal. Are you talking about the uh, just the pictures at the beginning? No, no, those were cool. But I mean like the live action stuff or like the stop motion animation stuff. And when you have like the big red devil pop up behind beds. And then you have like the demons dancing in a circle with weird animal heads and shit. That stuff was what about What metal. about when all the ladies went and kissed his butt? <laughs> I also like that part, yeah, when the devil got a bunch of women to kiss his ass. It was very funny. I just remember thinking about, like, it's funny because in the Middle Ages they thought that they would kiss the devil's ass. There was a long time on wrestling where Vince McMahon used to make people kiss his butt literally on TV. So he's the devil. Maybe. Or when, but when the devil was churning butter, it looked like he was yeah, jerking I was, off. No, I think that was a very, very obvious... Uh, it was so funny. It was so funny. It popped up, like, a couple of times. Yeah, but, like, it wasn't... It wasn't accidental. No, they I were know. Clearly making they're like they're, they're little sensors. Oh no! I mean, plus there wasn't really sensors then. But I know, I know what I was doing. I was jerking it. It was so funny. Jerking his gherkin. <laughs> to the butter. Tugging on his good 
buttercock. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I, I did like it a lot. Do you want to give it a score out of 10? Sure. <laughs> okay, what is it? What's yours? Mine is an 8. I liked it quite a bit. Mine is a 3. That's really low. Yeah. That's the second lowest you've ever rated something on this show. Okay, I'll bump it up. <laughs> Not, you don't have to. I'm just saying it's low. Actually, no, you've rated three things one so far. Okay, give it a They've four. Been my thing. Four? You sure? You don't have to change it. I change just... it. <laughs> okay, four it is. Well, do you have a would you rather for me this week, Nicole? You would you rather kiss the devil's ass Okay. or... Churn butter until I can? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, obviously I'd jerk it. <laughs> no, churn the devil's butter. <laughs> I could jerk the devil off? <laughs> so he'd either kiss his butt like a chaste little peck of the day, or reach in and jerk off his devil cock? You want, you want your lips close to his butt? I don't want his jizz on my face. You don't, you don't have to have it on your face. I don't have to jerk until he comes? Do I have to make the devil come? Yes. So where's he going to go? On my tits? He's going to diddy fuck you. <laughs> the devil's going to diddy fuck me? He's like, no! Stop it! I don't like uh, this! That would suck for him, though, because I have a hairy chest. He's got like a friction burn on his devil dick. Probably. So it's like you can kind of get him back that way. <laughs> I'm going to kiss his ass if that's okay with you. What about you? What are you going to do? Kiss his butt or jerk his devil dick? You'd be all into the dick. You'd be totally into some devil dick. You'd be like, finally, a real devil dick. Now all these years of fucking that fat husband of mine. <laughs> I'd kick it. I'd, I'd, the devil would be like, come on now. I'd kiss his bum. Yeah? Mm-hmm. We could do it together. One on each cheek. I'd kissy kissy. <laughs> the devil's like, faggot. <laughs> the devil. See, I'm the devil. I didn't I didn't actually think of a would you rather. That was just what I came up with. I was impressed. Thank you. I got to say devil dick like a hundred times. I got to say titty fucking. Oh, high five. High five. Alright, it's time for a little game, Nicole. I'm going to explain the rules of this game, which is called The Following is Okay, I'm going to get water while you do this. Story. Get me some too. No. Get my cup is right there. It's got Han Solo Where? on it. One with Han Solo on it. So, I'm going to tell you four movies. Not all necessarily horror films. Some of them are, some of them aren't. There's, we've gone through it. This is our 25th time doing this, so it's hard to find three real horror movies at this point. But they're all kind of weird, Nicole. A little fucky. However, one of them is a big, fat... Phony. That sound in the background is the water in our fridge. It's not me peeing or anything. <laughs> or jerking a devil dick. Uh, so you have to use your skill and judgment to determine which of the following is based on a true story and which is a big fat phony. Nicole, are you ready to play the following is based on a true story? Ready. Are you ready, Joey? Yes, I am. Are you ready, Seamus? <laughs> Nicole, the following is based on a true story. Film number one. Fuck that ice cream. It keeps repeating on me. Ew. Film number one, Picnic at Hanging Rock. What? Picnic at Hanging Rock. Picnic at Hanging Rock. On St. Valentine's Day in 1900, a party of schoolgirls set out to picnic at Hanging Rock, as in to have a picnic, and some were never to return. They disappear mysteriously, and the film is largely about what happened to them and what happens to the town as a result of their disappearance. This actually happened? Maybe. I No, I didn't. Picnic at Hanging Rock. Film number two. Wait, did it, it did it actually happen? Well, I don't know, dear. Maybe I'll tell you after you find out if it's a real fucking movie or not. Oh. Jesus. <laughs> Good point. Do you have any questions about that one? No. Nope. Like, what's Hanging Rock? What's, Do you even know what that is? Rock? Yeah, see, that's why I'm not taking this seriously. Ask questions. Hanging Rock is like a geological thing in Australia. It's like the big cliff thing. 
bunch of rocks. I'm guessing this is a true story then. Film number two, Boxing Helena. A surgeon becomes obsessed with the seductive woman he once had an affair with. Refusing to accept that she has moved on, he amputates her limbs and holds her captive in his mansion. It's kind of like a freaky version of Misery. Wow. That is dark. Film number three, Pound. Eighteen dogs await either adoption or gassing. The twist? The mutts, including a boxer, Pekingese, and mad Mexican hairless, are played by real human actors barking. That sounds stupid. Film number four, Hexmex. A border conflict between a small Texas town and Mexico turns deadly when a coven of witches gets involved. So, Nicole, is it Picnic at Hanging Rock? About the disappearing disappearance of some schoolgirls in right. 1900? Is it Boxing Helena, the surgeon amputating limbs to hold a woman captive in his mansion? Is it Pound, about dogs awaiting either adoption or death but played by human actors who bark? Or is it Hexmex, the battle between a small Texas town and Mexican desperados when a coven of witches gets involved? The first one is the only one I'm convinced is a real movie. You think Picnic at Hanging Rock is a real movie? Yes. Okay. The second one could be a real movie. Boxing Helena. But it could also be something you made up to throw me off the trail, because it sounds real. Pound sounds so weird that it could only come from your brain. That I think I made up. I was going to say it came from art school. You think I made up the real human actors barking, waiting for death or adoption? Maybe. You're giving me a lot of credit. Party. <laughs> and what was the last one? Hexmex. Yeah, that one could be real, but we just did a witch's thing, so maybe you would make that up to make me think that was the fake, but maybe not the fake. You know what I mean? Like, I fuck with mean. my head. I know what you mean, but only you can decide. Mm-hmm. I hate this game. <sighs> so you think Picnic and Hanging Rock is real? Yes. You think Boxing Atlanta might be real? Yes. You think Pound is probably fake, but maybe real? Yes. And you think Hex Max is probably real, but maybe fake? Yes. Okay. So, um, Pound. Pound is your final answer? Yes. Nicole, Picnic and Hanging Rock is a real movie. That's actually a pretty famous movie. It's a Peter Weir film. I was hoping you'd never heard of it. It's nice <laughs> to do a film podcast with someone who doesn't really know anything about movies. And that, really is helpful. it based on a true story? I don't know. Maybe, I, it's based on a novel, so I don't think so. Oh. But I've always wanted to see it. Boxing Helena is a real movie. It came out like 93, yes. actually. I was hoping you hadn't heard of it. I'm glad you hadn't. Pound is a real Fuck. movie. Seriously, all three of those sound like arty movies except for Hexmex. I took the expression Texmex and made it into Hexmex and made witches fight Texans and Mexicans. It is the dopiest thing I've ever come up with. I can believe that's real. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I want to write Hexmex now. <laughs> but I'm sorry, Hexmex was the big fat phony. Pound sounds so stupid. How is that a real movie? I, I don't know, dear. I'm not watching I it. That shit. Not watching it ever. I wasn't asking you to, but you love dogs. Fake people dogs? I remember I watched that movie where people bark like dogs and it was great. I wonder if we watched that movie Bender would still bark at them even though they're real he, people. He barked, when I watched Dogtooth, he barked at the people. For he barked at people pretending to yeah, be dogs. Yeah, on their hands and he's barking. Like, arf, arf, and Bender was barking at them. And I was like, you fucking idiot. He's so you stupid. You stupid fucking idiot dog. He is dog has shit for brains. Anyway, so once again, even after a momentary blip last week where you beat me, I'm back up on top, baby. Woo! Yeah, like you've ever been on top.
<laughs> you get an adult in this episode. So it's time, Nicole, for us to reveal to the folks at home what next week's movie is. Oh, yeah, it's a versus. It's versus time. Can I? Okay, I'll see the second movie, you see the first one. Okay. So we're going to go uh, with the original. For our versus episodes, we watch the original and the remake of a film, and we discuss them and decide which one was better. Last time we did The Haunting. And the time before that we did Dawn of the Dead. Uh, speaking of The Haunting, the actress who was in The Haunting just passed away this week. Which? Julie something. Oh, in the original? Yeah, in the good one. Yeah, not Catherine Zeta-Jones, dear. Well, there's also the other lady and she was just in The Conjuring. Yeah, no, Julie Harris. Julie Harris passed away this which, week. Who, which one was she, the blonde or the brunette? The one who was all crazy. Okay. Oh, who's the main wow. character? She just passed away? Yeah, she just died this week. And she will be missed... She was a great okay, so what are we doing for versus this year? 87 years old. 87 years young. <laughs> anyway, for versus this week, we're going to be watching the, uh, I think, the Spanish film Record, directed by, uh, looks like, Jaume Balaguero and Paco Plaza. And, and its remake? The remake is Quarantine. Now, interestingly enough, Record came out in 2007. Quarantine, which I heard is largely a shot-for-shot remake, actually. Quarantine? Came out in 2008. Quarantine, a year, a year later. It's a... It's almost exactly the same, apparently. However, oh. Quarantine is 89 minutes, and we've both seen it before, and it's pretty good. And Record is only 78 minutes, and I've heard it's even scarier, so I'm really excited to see it. Finally. I'm excited because I know how much I like Quarantine. It's one of the horror movies I rewatch a lot, and the worst, the only we'll see if we... If we battle yeah, it out we might the problem with quarantine is that like the end of the movie the scariest part the very end of the movie is on the poster and the trailer the last shot yeah. of the movie is on the poster and I'm sorry fuck everything about that that's, but that's so annoying that's not the movie's fault that's marketing's fault yeah but still fuck that that's so annoying why show that on the fucking trailer and in the poster for crying out loud it's in the poster yeah anyway so yeah next week we're gonna be watching both of those so Oh, we should point out it was directed by John Eric Dowdle that we make, and it stars Jennifer. Carpenter. So this this verse is a little bit different than other ones we've done because um, it's not just American, and it's not just Correct. the the original being like an old movie and the remake being a brand new movie. These They're are both new, new but one's one foreign yeah. and. One is American. Yeah, this was sort of the beginning, I think, anyway, as far, at least my knowledge is, is sort of towards the beginning of the trend of Hollywood adapting foreign horror films the week after they came out. I thought The Ring did that, though. The Ring was also one of them, yeah. This is not the beginning, but one of the earlier examples. Yeah. Like, they've been doing it probably since the late 90s, maybe even. So maybe this is actually, maybe I'm crazy, but... The Ring is one I've always wanted to watch, the original for, the too. But I've heard, like, you know how sometimes... Yeah. Scary movies scare me too much. Let That's me, one I'm worried I'll about. Put it this way: the reason why here's how much better Ringu is in the ring. The part when the little girl comes out of the TV isn't fucking idiotic in the original. I thought it was terrifying in the ring. That like when that happened in the ring, I was like, "Fuck this movie!" Fuck I this thought that movie. was so scary. They, if they can make that scarier, I'll shit my pants. We better not watch it then. We have new couches. Anyway, that's going to wrap us up this week here on the Bride of the Creature podcast. Until next week, I am the creature Joey G. I did get adult on this one. I am sorry. Was that inappropriate? Just introduce me. Just say hello. Hello. No, what's your name, Dickhead? Nicole. I'm the creature Joey G. Oh, huh. I'm the bride, Nicole. Y'all stay scary now. Kissy, kissy. How?
could this woman ever decide to wed this man?